welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my uh, guest and, of course, my co-host, Martin Nunley. And we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right back into it and let's uh, let's continue. Thank you. Can you tell us when the, the, the Bigfoot stuff started to happen and what brought that well, on? So... This is kind of like for the people that don't, you know, that are like, there's no way you could see something so much. If if you go out and look for it, the chances get much higher than they would be if you don't look for them, you know? Same thing with UFOs. If you don't spend part of your day looking up, really staring, <laughs> looking around every so often, the chances are of you seeing a UFO go down, you know? Uh, right. But, so the big, the big thing happened in 2000, and... Uh, at that point, I was uh, just asking, you know, my, my sister and my mom uh, about reports that there, you know, people would report to their force department and the police department. And they would uh, ask me, you know, I'd ask them if I could, you know, hear them because they're they're not able to investigate because Bigfoot's not to ex- uh, supposed to exist. So I got to, you know, investigate the areas and started, you know, paying attention to where these areas were and. Uh, yeah, it was. It didn't go much farther than that. I still hadn't learned how to track, you know, Bigfoots and stuff at that point. Right. So, so, we, so what you're saying, Jesus, is your sister was a police officer, right? Yes. And they did not investigate or check out Bigfoot reports at all. No, no. They kept, they would come in, you know, but if they if they if the right. person said it's. A, the, yeah, they reported, hey, there's a very large person uh, in our yard. They'd co- they could go. But when people say, there's a, there's a Bigfoot in my yard, they're like, okay, ma'am, or okay, sir, you know, that, don't be calling 911 <laughs> for that no, okay. wacky stuff. But uh, right. same thing with the force. My mom worked for the force department, so, she, you know, the same thing. They couldn't go investigate Bigfoot. It's not supposed to exist. So uh, in 2000. I know I heard somebody moving something, but uh, yeah. So in 2003, we moved to Tularosa down the mountain, and uh, me and my friend Michael, we were out on our property in the middle of the desert uh, looking for UFOs. And it was a dark, dark, dark night. You could see the stars, but nothing else. There was no moon out or nothing. And uh, my property was a uh, five acres, house in the middle, and uh, like a horseshoe. Uh, gravel road went around, you know, went on three sides of my property. And so we were out there on the gravel road in the middle of the night looking for UFOs. And that's when I heard uh, something walking, like walking up to us on the gravel road. And we couldn't see nothing because the, the backyard uh, floodlight would only light up about an acre, two acres, you know, we we're five acre plot. We were in the dark, but uh, near a dirt road that leads to the house. So we hear this thing walk up about, I don't know, at least 20 feet in front of us, or yeah, in front of us. And it starts pacing back and forth on the gravel road, going faster and faster, you know, more and more. And, we're, and I'm getting the feeling like I've been in, in the, the security business and, uh, you know, bouncing and the list goes on. I can, you get a feeling when something's about to happen and somebody's building up, uh, their, uh, their, their, uh, juice, you know, they'll, they'll drink or whatever and try to build up the balls to, to do something. 
to attack. Liquid courage. Uh, and that's what I was feeling. I was like, whatever this is, it's pacing back and forth, going faster and faster. And it's on two feet. It's not like a donkey or something. And, uh, yeah, it was building up courage to, to do something. And I told my friend Michael, you know, I whispered to him, I was like, hey, man, let's squat down, grab as many you know, rocks in our hands as we can, let's throw a bunch of rocks at it. Maybe it'll make it leave. <laughs> that sounds like something. <laughs> let's throw rocks at it. <laughs> Oh, I'm man. I'm saying at the moment, and I'm like, I, whatever the hell it is, I don't like it. And I need to, we need to hit it and make it run away. And how so old we were do you? That. We, how old were you when this happened? This was 2003. So, oh, okay. So you were uh, old enough to know better. You just didn't, you just did it, you know, like, uh, we were in the pits and had no, no, no weapons on us or anything. I was like, mm-hmm. shit. I think that's the Latino answer to everything is like, that's how I was when I was younger. It was like, I look around for a rock, you know, cause you know, you don't have nothing else. Just throw a rock at it. You know, right. we threw all our rocks, you know, and uh, we didn't hit it and it's still pacing back and forth, back and forth, faster and fast, still faster and faster. And, uh, I'm like, shit. I can't handle this. This is freaking me out. And I squat down again. And I feel around and I find a good size rock, you know, a good size one. And I stand up and I close my eyes and I just listen to the foot, the, the gravel, the footsteps on the gravel going back and forth, back and forth. And I reach back and I throw that rock as hard as I can at what I'm imagining I'm seeing. And I throw it, you know, hard enough to where it, you know, if you throw a rock to where it makes a zip sound, zip, you actually throw it nice and hard. And I, so that's what I did, and I hit it, and it screamed like that. And we, I was all run. So we took off running towards the house. And we're running and running and running, and, you know, as hard as we can. And we're, it feels like we're going a million miles per hour, and I'm going probably about four miles per hour. I'm, I'm a pretty big guy, you know, <laughs> but it felt like I was. <laughs> uh, we get halfway towards the house, and the floodlight starts, you know was coming into the light slightly and I looked to my left and there was this large hair covered at the time I didn't know what the hell to call it uh being running on all fours just pacing me like like no problem just you know kind of looking at me at the same time while I was running and that scared the hell out of me even more so it actually sped up a good mile and a half maybe and we run up on top of the the deck in our backyard and um it tackled one side of the deck wham and we're trying to open up the sliding door and, and it it was like it was a a combination lock which it's not it just slides and we we couldn't get the damn thing open because we're like oh you know and it runs to the other side of the the, the deck and tackles it again we finally get the uh sliding door open and get inside the house and close the curtain and don't look back out, you know? And, uh, that was my first close up encounter with a juvenile Bigfoot. And that was in what, where at New Mexico? Tularosa, New Mexico. Tularosa. So, so you, when you were in Rio Doso, which is a beautiful yeah. spot, by the way, at the, the end of the mountain gods, really cool place. Um, been there multiple times. It's, it's about 60 miles from Roswell, isn't it? I believe. So you, that's where the alien abduction stuff kind of like really ramped up, right? Well, no, um, that it happened a lot in Amagordo. Um, it was still happening in Rosa, 
Um, it never, when it ramped up, that was in El Paso, Texas, before we moved to Rio Doso mm. and Las Cruces. But it was going on in, in, in Rio Doso, too. It just kept going. Yeah, it was still happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now we moved down the mountain, and I, that just happened. And um, I started uh, I started acting in 2005. So I moved to Albuquerque, and abductions were still happening, but not as often. And then I ended up uh, coming back in like 2012-ish to Alamogordo. And that's when uh, I started really doing the research. Uh, I made my first documentary about Bigfoot. And by that point, I had studied, you know, as much as I could, anything I could get my hands on, on, you know, in videos, watching, to to learn different techniques and all that stuff where I could, uh, you know, start tracking. And that's what, in 2012, that's when I started really, yeah, going deep into it. And I started actually finding Bigfoot and uh, evidence of Bigfoot and their structures. And and then I, I eventually found my main research area, uh, Bailey Canyon. And, yeah, that's, oh, that's where I got, you know, Bigfoot's looking in my tent and pictures of baby Bigfoots and pictures of juveniles and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and you told good me this. Pictures now, are you talking about good pictures, hey, uh, Jesus, or are you talking about the ones where you need red circles to see? Oh, no, good pictures. You can see teeth and stuff. Good pictures. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very like good pictures. Because you, you said that you had, you had one that peaked in your tent one time, right? Yeah, yeah, two two Bigfoots uh, looking in the tent and a, a gray, but, a, but green with red eyes, not the gray with black eyes. Yeah, I got all those looking in the tent and uh, my friend that didn't believe in Bigfoot. And so and, uh, a Bigfoot was with what would what you would describe as an alien type creature? Yeah, two Bigfoots and, and that creature. Yeah. See, that, that, here, here's the thing. This is, this is the rub, gentlemen. You know, I had a friend who could claim that he was an abductee and I've tried to get him to come on the show. He'll give me his story, but he doesn't want, he doesn't want to. He says he doesn't talk good. I think he talks fine, but I think it's just he's just afraid. And then he married a woman who um doesn't believe in anything. And so he's being he's kind of forced to abdicate and okay, yeah, it's it's maybe it was all in my mind whatever, but I, I this guy was telling me stories about stuff that had happened to him since we were teenagers. And his first abduction experience as far as I can I can recall remember him telling me about he said it happened. He was like seven or eight. It was like second or third grade, because you're seven or eight years old, right? And he was living in an apartment, and I didn't know him at that time. I met him when we were teenagers, and he was telling me we were like at baseball practice, uh, like for Babe Ruth League or something. And he said that uh, he was telling me and some other 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 guys, you know, he goes, this, "These things come into my house at night." Well, he didn't live in a house. He lived in an apartment in a busy area of South Austin and they would actually go into his house and at like two in the morning, you know, and he had neighbors like upstairs, downstairs, they were all around him. And these things could go undetected uh, into his apartment. And then he, when he was taken um, to one of these sites where he actually kind of remembered part of like what had happened to him he was in a white, all white room that was like, I wouldn't say white. He said it was like silverish white. So I you know the way he described it was pristine. So I just, in my mind, can I guess imagine a white steel room, whatever. 
Um, and he said that they, there were three different types of beings in the room with him. And he doesn't remember, like he doesn't remember, there, there was a really short one. He don't remember what it looked like because it was just kind of off to the side. He couldn't move his head enough to see it. And then he remembers right. a, a tall lizard-like looking being that had like a baby Godzilla head, as he described it. And then he described another being that was a tall uh, gray, a really tall one. Um, and then, you know, at, at that particular time, and they were talking to him, asking him questions in his mind, most of which he could not recall. But it's it's just, you know, and then that was it. I mean, he never he never would, would elaborate too much on any of the other stuff because he because well, I think I don't think he could remember it. But um, he, he said he knew it happened. Um, and there was even a time where he said that they came through his wall. Like they literally, there were three of these gray looking creatures came through his wall. Um, and so it, it was, it was very interesting that they can actually, people think, you know, like this one, one girl told me and Tony, you know, my godson that helps me with the show, uh, they call him Mushu and, and Barton, you know him very well, but they, 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 right. told, they told me and Tony that, that she was like, well, I moved from Arizona and, you know, she moved to another state like Idaho. And she said, well, I moved and I, and I moved to a busy area where there was um, construction going on. And, and it was like I lived in an apartment complex um, and I was hoping that the abductions would stop. And then like two weeks later, she's like, well, they didn't stop. Um, cool. And I was like, no, because it, they don't obey the laws of physics as we know them. And when you just said right now about the Bigfoot having this other entity or creature with it, that, that's that's another very important statement because that's a common theme, too, that you get all this uh, these reports on, but nobody wants to touch it. It's like the hot potato of this paranormal world. It's like... Oh man, okay. You you saw a dog man with a an alien type creature on its back, and I know my my former co host who passed away, uh, Mondo Salazar. We were we were very close. We started this podcast together. Um, he quit doing it in December of 2019. He had a lot of stuff going on, um, and so he was telling me that he had fielded a report of someone who claimed that they had seen a a man who was out hunting saw a dogman i mean it's definitely like a werewolf dogman looking creature he described it and then then he later described it to me um over the phone but but armando had met this guy and it had this weird little goblin looking thing hanging around its back and it was just so weird you know and I just I think it I think it was Scott Carpenter who actually had a photo of it or something. And then of course they just destroyed you know any credibility that you know that like they tried to make him look like a fool. If if I remember correctly, there were several people that were like just attacking him about it and saying, "Oh, that couldn't be. That's not possible. There's nothing." And I kept telling people, "Dude, this is this is all part of this. It's a slice of the same cake." But nobody wants to accept that. And as soon as you say that. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're done with you. You don't, you don't have any credibility, and they just, yeah, rah, 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 that's it, you know. And the Bigfoot community is very closed off to that. So as long as you just give them the generic, oh, you know, the, the Millie Mouth, oh yeah, it's just a, it's a physical creature that does, you know, and it was out there, and I saw it, and blah blah, then that, that's fine. Yeah, but it's a monkey. Yeah, it's a monkey running around out there. Uh, you know, why is it okay for a giant monkey man to be running around out there? But if he's with anything else. 
you right. know, or if he, if you see one with a snout, you know, um, and I, I was telling Barton about this, uh, Jesus, that I had a guy heckling me a couple of Christmases ago. He's, he was a friend of my cousins and I wanted to smack the crap out of this dude, but he was just kind of a loud mouth, rednecky type dude. Um, and he was just, he was really starting to aggravate me cause he was teasing me about my podcast. And my, my wow. wife was over there enjoying the night, having a good time. And we were all at my, my uncle's barn. And I didn't want to disrupt anything by smacking this dude. But it was about to the point where I was going to be like, look, dude, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> you know, you smack somebody at a Christmas party. It's not a good thing. And then, you know, cuartas might be, you know, gu- uh, guns might be pulled out. You never know what's going to happen. So you're just like, okay, I'm not going to. But right. my friend kept Everybody telling asked- Christmas parties. I know I do. <laughs> well, yeah, you never know. It could could get get I'm get happen. People get liquored up. But you know, <laughs> I mean, you know. So th- this guy was real obnoxious, you know. And so my friend, my cousin's friend, kept telling him, <clears throat> "Don't mess with that guy, man. He he's you know whatever. He's not gonna you know. You don't need to mess with that dude." And I, he finally kind of got the point. He got the hint, you know, that I wasn't gonna take his crap. And and I had kind of mentioned to my cousin and my couple of my friends there. I said, "This guy needs to shut up, dude, because he keeps mocking me." He he said, "Oh, I heard a noise. It's probably Bigfoot. Oh no, it's a Bigfoot over there. I'm gonna go take a leak. I hope Bigfoot doesn't get me." He kept because I had a podcast about it, and I yeah. finally, you know, he ended up calling me a few days later, and he was apologizing. He says, "Look, I was really drunk." He was talking very, you know, sober and clear. And he made a statement, and Barton, we've gone over this. I told you about this. And and he made a statement that rang true to me. He said, I just have a hard time believing that I've been out hunting in the woods for 25 years and I've never seen anything. I've been all over Texas, New Mexico, you know, Utah, Colorado. I've hunted in all these states, all the way up to Montana. I've never seen anything. He's like, but if it was like a spiritual type being or or something that was like maybe extraterrestrial, it would be easier to comprehend. So I think these right. people that have yeah. this Bigfoot idea about how it's supposed to be, I think they got it completely backwards because one of them was telling me at my own conference, okay, he was telling me, well, you know, um, it's really hard for people to, to wrap their mind around Bigfoot, much less Dogman, but if we if we stick to the idea that it's flesh and blood, you know, it's easier for people to understand. And I'm going like, it's absolutely not easier to understand because here is a guy who doesn't believe in Bigfoot at all because he thinks it's ridiculous that a, that a uh, you know, and this is the average uh, Joe Sixpack American, you know, he, he, he doesn't believe that there is this, you know, ancient creature that's from whatever that's running around doing what it's doing. He just he can't because he's never seen anything of no evidence or anything, but the idea that it could be ethereal or ma- or manifest itself, that makes sense to him because that's why he hasn't seen it. Or maybe it's some sort of extraterrestrial. Then it makes more sense. And here are these stubborn people who are just like, no, nope, no, nope, it's a giant monkey man running around out there and it's completely physical and it doesn't do anything weird. And it has nothing to do with alien abduction. And it definitely is, you know, and they have all these uh, strong opinions and belief about it. But I think they're getting it completely wrong. And if they were more open to it, then the average Joe Sixpack and, and Sally Soccer Mom might be open to the belief in it because they're doing it backwards. That's in my opinion. Word. Well, like another problem is that uh, it's not a lack of uh, evidence, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a lack of uh, said evidence being accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 
plenty of evidence. And the people that say there's no evidence usually are the people that have never actually actually looked for the evidence to see if there actually is evidence. And when I like when I tell people that you know I worked on the genome project for Sasquatch, uh, they're like, "What?" I go, "Yeah, we had DNA, and actually quite a bit of it, you know." And they're like, "Holy, are you serious? That's a real thing?" It's like, "Yeah, that's a real thing. There's been all kinds of stuff found, you know, things that that, uh, yeah, if you actually believed in the scientific, you know, like evidence that has been found, you'd understand that uh, certain things can't be faked and certain things are not, you know." left by humans um there's a lot of evidence out there for that stuff and uh every every uh hater you could say you know what i mean they want to talk crap they just they really don't understand you know the uh what's out there because the majority of a lot of the the researchers out there right now are uh you know researching from armchairs you know watching their computers like I, like I was, I was reading books and what, you know, doing the computer thing until, you know, I actually got out in the field. And once I got out in the field and I started visiting all the different places and living on different res- reservations and, uh, yeah, I learned a whole bunch. So now like when I go out, I, I can have a good uh, idea if there's Bigfoot activity in an area and then there's whole big areas that no, there's nothing I can see. They just, just regular forest, you know? Because they they are very uh, they like to leave their mark uh, wh- wherever they're 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 at. Yeah. When you were, were out were involved in the genome project, explain to the audience what that is. Okay, so the genome project it was it was done with uh, Oxford University in a hundred blind university study of the DNA, uh, hundred samples of DNA that were submitted. Um, I, I was with the, uh, Gallup New Mexico university, uh, when we were submitting the DNA from New Mexico. And, uh, that's where I actually got to see a Bigfoot on that expedition, uh, in Northern New Mexico, kind of by the, uh, Navajo reservations and, uh, the upper fruitland. So yeah, we, we did the DNA, you know, uh, it came back, uh, the, the mitochondrial DNA came back as a uh, human female. Uh, the, the, the father is, came out unknown. Uh, it doesn't, isn't in the DNA library, but it, it's, it's a uh, hom- hominid for sure. You know? Wow. Yeah. When you were, were working on the, and, and when you, when you, okay, let's put it this way. When you tell people this, they're shocked. Yeah. They're absolutely shocked. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't believe that that could even possibly be real or that there could be. Yeah. I mean, and, and to me, like I said, the, the, there are multiple people who told me who, who don't believe in it. Um, They have a hard time accepting ghosts or anything like that, but they're more accepting of something that could be ghost-like. You know, than it is a flesh and blood creature. It's a very hard thing for people to wrap their minds around. There are some people um, who, outside the Bigfoot community, let's put it this way, that will actually believe that it could be a flesh and blood creature. But I, it, from what I've seen, it's more common, especially for like the hunters and people like that. A lot of people that I know, guys that I grew up with, first 15 years of my life, I spent out on the sticks. And then after that, I moved into the body. Um, so my parents split up. I was, I was pretty much, you know, living a different life, but it was right. very, uh, 
telling to me when, I, you know, guys that I'd known for most of my life were just like, I, I just can't believe in a Bigfoot type creature running. You know, I would have seen it by now, you know, because I'm out there in all these different places and these guys hunt everywhere. Um, and my one friend in particular, he he's just like, um, I mean, he goes basically on hunting expeditions and, and he's hunted everything, moose, elk, you know. Boars, everything you could possibly imagine, every type of turkey, pheasant, quail, whatever. And he's one of those people. Like he, 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 he eats what he kills. He stocks his freezer, you know, and he eats that. That's that's he most of that. He doesn't even have to pay for me because he just hunts. And that's it's a sport, but it's also he doesn't let things go to waste. Like he eats it. So you know, I can't fault him for that. He kills his own food. But the thing is, like what he was telling me one day when we were talking. Um, he was saying, dude, I just have a hard time. You know, he was obnoxious about it or anything. He was just like, I just, I just have a hard time believing that there's a creature out there. And he wasn't as ridiculous as the other guy, but he, but you know, he was making his point, you know? And I thought to myself at that point, I was like, he's probably like the 50th person that's told me this, that they just have a hard time believing that there's this flesh and blood creature and how come we can't find it. And of course, you know, on my show, uh, researcher and author Ken Gerhardt, who's a very good friend of me and Barton's, um, or you know, he has espoused that there, like he he said it. I mean, he goes, there is no evidence of a you know North American ape in the in the fossil record at all. I mean, it doesn't exist in the fossil record. However, he tends to fall in the category of like an aper, somebody that really believes that this is an undiscovered ape. But if that's the case, then where is it coming from? And there, how, how come there isn't anything in the fossil record? But like you said, Jesus, there is proof to me. I mean, it's good enough for me that it does exist. Like it's out there. But, you know, what it is, that is the big question. And and the Bigfoot community that is, for all intents and purposes, kind of controlled um, by aper t- uh, mentality you know, they, they have this belief and I still think it's, it's the opposite. I think that they got it backwards, man. And I think it's, you know, they, they want to protect the narrative that it is this giant monkey man running around out there. And the problem with that is that the public at large thinks it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, the, the, for the most part, especially guys that go out in the field all the time and never see anything. And, and I am a person who's actually seen a dog man, but, can't conclusively say I saw Bigfoot. I saw something back in 2017, the winter of 2017, but I don't know what it was. I can't, I can't say conclusively. My wife is convinced that it was a Bigfoot, but I can't say that it was because I didn't really get a good look at it. So I don't count that. But up to that point in my life, I never saw anything that looked remotely Bigfoot. You know, it was, I just saw that dog man one time. Um, and, and, you know, I didn't doubt that it existed. Like, you know, people would tell me and I thought, well, if I saw a seven and a half foot tall werewolf, then why wouldn't there be a Bigfoot? So that was my thinking. That's how I came to the conclusion that it existed. Um, but just and just because I haven't seen, you know, aliens in front of me doesn't mean that I don't believe that they exist. You know, because like I said, I saw a seven and a half foot tall werewolf. But uh, the, I know guys who've seen dogmen. And they refuse to believe in Bigfoot. Like, I know several of them. People that are dogman witnesses. Uh, one guy that I talked to, 
Um, and he even, um, we're not really good friends because he he became very obnoxious about it. And he was like, I just don't believe in that. I don't believe that there is a Bigfoot. I don't, I think it sounds like everybody that's seen this creature is lying. He's like, I know what I saw. Okay. He goes, and I don't know what it was. It just looked like a wolf on two legs, but he goes, I just don't believe in Bigfoot. There's no evidence for it at all. So you have people like that too, as they're more rare but they do exist. And you're just like, holy crap. And then this person even believed that if you've seen more than one thing, you're lying, you know, basically. So I kind of kicked him off. So that, you know, I'm not going to deal with this guy, you know, because it became, um, sort of a contentious thing. We just weren't going to, it wasn't, we weren't jibing. And I just said, I'm going to cut this off. Uh, we've since talked and he's kind of come around to the idea that there are other things out there, but, um, I, I'm, I'm not going to deal with him. You know, it's just damage done, but, the point is, I'm not going to mention his name and put him on blast or anything because he's not a bad guy. But I think at that point in time in his life, he was just very close-minded to the idea of Bigfoot, right. even to the point of hostility. And that does exist. And I just think that if people, if you look at the popularity uh, in ghost shows as opposed to Bigfoot, there's no comparison. I mean, it is right. there's no comparison. Everybody, there's just tons and tons and tons of ghost stuff and very little Bigfoot. And when I talk to people about my show and I'll tell them paranormal roundtable. They're like, Oh my gosh. So you study the first thing they say is you study ghosts. You go on, do you go investigate hauntings and stuff like that? And I'll tell them, well, we, we, we look into ghost reports, you know, we, we do, you know, Bigfoot. And then they, they kind of just look at me with this blank stare when I say Bigfoot typically. Um, and then I say, you know, alien abduction, then their ears kind of perk up when we talk about dog man, they just look at me like with this puzzled look, like what the hell is a dog man? <laughs> like they don't even know what that is. And then they kind of look at me kind of, you know, with almost like a frowny face when it comes to Bigfoot. And I asked this one lady recently and I said, I was like, you, you're into ghosts. She goes, Oh, absolutely. She's like, I like, you know, I read all these books, you know, I read about, you know, Brad Steiger and different authors, you know, um, not one cryptid author or anybody like that. And she was just like, I so I know a lot of cryptid authors and I started talking and she was just like, did not know who they were. Wasn't interested in it at all. Um, just was into the ghost phenomena and believed in that, the spiritual stuff whole, wholeheartedly. But she just, I, I, you know, and later on through conversations where she'd had multiple ghost experiences, which she gave me, but I had I had mentioned to her, I said, I take it that you're not a big Bigfoot believer. And she's just like, no, one word, you know, response, <laughs> no, period. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that's the mistake that I think a lot of the Bigfoot community is making is they just kind of want to cast out the whole idea that there's more to this thing. They just want it to be a big, hairy creature running around. And I really believe that the public at large, you know, if they took polls, I think that they would yeah. they would learn if they went outside of their comfort zone of the Bigfoot community. I think that they would learn yeah. that a lot of people are more open to this. Look at the Mothman Festival that just happened, gentlemen. I don't know if you guys know this, but there was an estimated 37,000 people that showed up at the Mothman Festival. I don't wow. recall any Bigfoot conference having, you know, 37,000 people show up. I mean, right. I just, I, I, I mean, maybe it's well, happened. I don't know if you guys could tell well, me. I don't. There's a difference. There's a big difference between a conference and a festival. Yeah. You know, festival's got a lot of stuff going on, draws in a lot of people, whereas a conference just has the conference, yep. you know, the speakers, the vendors. But yeah, it's a, it's a 
totally different thing, but you know, you're right. Everybody should really try to open their minds a little bit because, you know, like you're saying, you know, we have lots of stuff on TV about ghosts or hardly anything about Bigfoot. And what we have about Bigfoot on TV, it's all bull crap. It's all yeah. the narrative being pushed, you know. It's nothing nothing real, nothing true about it. And we need to realize that the truth about these things is they're all related. Bigfoot are related to the ghosts who are related to the UFO phenomena, you know, and they're, and they're all they all have their their little uh, plans on, on what they're doing and what they're trying to do. And what they're trying to do is uh, control belief. That, that's the most important thing to them is controlling your belief, what you believe in and what you don't. And they also uh, want blood. So they want belief in blood. Those are their two main goals. Well, when you look at like, like, like Jesus Pian, you know, um, for example, take him, Barton. I mean, you know, it's like you, you know, Jesus, you're, you're out there, you're an actor, you have a career. Okay. And you're putting your reputation and everything on the line by talking about this stuff. You know, you could easily just be, people be like, oh, that guy's a nut job and just, and, and, and not, and nobody's going to take you seriously. You know, how are they going to take a, a guy that takes roles and plays of a tough guy villain, um, you know, and, and, and acts, you know, in these different shows and movies and stuff, but he believes in this, you know, weird whatever, because it's still to this point, you know, there's still a lot of people in certain fields that cannot use their names or they don't want their names used. And what's even more disturbing is some people will not allow their names to be used to even from their own spouses, which is so weird. You're just like, that's crazy. You know, like interviewing a guy and he's in his garage being really quiet because he doesn't want to, his wife and predominantly because of her sister that was staying with them. And he, he didn't want her to know. And he didn't want his wife to, because he, she didn't, all she knew is that he had a couple experiences, had no idea that he was going to be interviewed by me. And I was like, what the heck? You know, like, we're still at that point, you know, but like you coming forward as an actor. And I know Rob Lowe did that too. Like he came out and said, look, I saw a Bigfoot. Um, I know that he's done that, but there's, there's very few people that are in the public eye that are willing to come out and say, you know what, this is real. I had these experiences. This is my truths, you know, or they'll write a book or whatever, but it's just rare. It's, it's really rare because they don't want to have people think of them as some kind of crazy kook. And then they yeah. lose respect for you or whatever. And it's very admirable that you come forward and you openly talk about these things and you're very eager and willing to talk about it. And you're also a, a researcher in your own right. And you are a person who's uh, very, very open about it. And that's, that's a good thing. It's refreshing. Um, this encounter you had with this Bigfoot creature where it had the alien type entity with it. Um, was this a one-time thing, or did it happen more than once? No, um, that, I would call that a one-time thing, because um, when it happened, I didn't know that the alien dude was, was there with him. I just thought it was one Bigfoot, you know, messing with, you know, looking in the tent. Because uh, my friend, he wasn't saying, there's two of them, there's three of them. No, he was just saying, oh, my God, I can see its nose. I can see its nose. I can, I can see its nose. And he just like turned into a broken record and he couldn't get out of that uh, loop and he was having an anxiety attack it looked like and had to you know end that situation 
Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I got home and started examining the the images and uh, yeah, and enhancing contrasts and lightening up stuff that I realized that there was actually two Bigfoots and yeah, that gray or green, whatever you want to call them, the reptilian or you know whatever. I don't, you know, it's very, very. Uh, uh, it was, it was definitely a, a, a good, good uh, catch that I haven't caught since. You know, I've got video. I've caught video of a Bigfoot, you know, like walking across the field, but uh, not like that night. That's that was literally just feet from us, and they were, you know, touching the tent and reached. One of them reached under the tent, knocked over my friend. Uh, it was it was a huge arm. And yeah, so that was very, very in intense. You could say I had fun. For me, it was fun because I'd been researching that uh, group of uh, Bigfoots in that location. You know, by that time, it already I had been you know researching there for you know over a decade. Uh, that same group. So to me, it, you know, I thought it was cool because I called them down. I was like, "Hey, come on down, guys, and you know, come visit us. Come say what's up. We'll be down here, you know, camping." And that guy thought I was crazy because, uh, you know, I said that, but I'm like, dude, they understand what I'm saying, man. And I go, you want me to, you want them to come? And you said you want to camp here and see Bigfoot. So I, go, I gotta call them, let them know it's cool, you know? So yeah, I think I was crazy the next morning. Yeah. And the next day after that happened, your friend was probably freaked out. Oh yeah. He, he, uh, he, he that tent we were in, real nice tent, tall one, uh, pop up. You know, just it was so cool. He didn't have to do nothing. Just boink, and it's there. Uh, yeah, he he was really proud of that tent. But the but the next morning, he said, "Uh, you can you can have you can have my tent, bro. I'm never going camping again. I'm not coming to these." <laughs> wow. Yeah, he gave me the tent. You know? <laughs> he gave you a tent. Yeah, <laughs> so you get a free tent out of it. That's a good deal. But you know, it, it, what did he expect? Because these things are hyper intelligent. That's the other thing people don't grasp. If it's a big dumb ape, and me and Barton talked about this many times, how come they're so intelligent? Like, where where does the intelligence level come from? Because I've heard people that believe in these things as being like completely flesh and blood, um, and yeah. they and they will talk about their their them being extremely intelligent. And I'm like, okay, if it's just a giant primate running around out there, then how come it has human level intelligence? There is no any primate that we know of that has human level intelligence, they could do rudimentary things. Huh? Yeah. Or beyond human level. Oh yeah. Beyond uh, yeah, absolutely. At beyond human level intelligence. I mean, so what really common is that's ever, you know, been on the face of the earth has the, these abilities that these Bigfoot creatures have, you know, the, the, what seems to us to be supernatural abilities is just astounding, you know, there's never been a species of relic common yet on, on the planet but that could disappear right in front of your eyes or speak to you telepathically or any of that stuff, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, no one's ever even been accused of that. So. Yep. These beings, okay, these, these individuals, these creatures, whatever you want to call them, um, we've we got to remember that we have had many civilizations rises and falls right in our human beings uh, thousands thousands of years of, of that happening in wars and all kinds of catastrophes and you got to think about these creatures that are all over the world they're intercontinental i've researched it there is bigfoots in every damn continent okay 
and uh, a long history of them with all the the local the local indigenous peoples of all those different countries and you got to think imagine getting to be a a group of, of of beings that is smart okay cognitive uh and get to watch over thousands upon thousands upon thousands of who knows how many thousands of years of human beings rising and falling civilizations growing and, and falling and uh, all these catastrophes and they just they're in the tree line just watching all this time and if they're passing down their knowledge of all that stuff and and all the way we act and what we do and what's going to happen because they've seen it go down so many times and we're worried about saving them when we don't realize that this is just another day for these guys you know what we're doing uh, as human beings out here yeah I mean, that makes sense. I, you know, I have a question for you about this. Um, when you, when you think of these creatures, do you, do you think of them as, as, as having interdimensional abilities to, to travel back and forth? Or do you think they're just always out there just as giant apes or, I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on the Bigfoot phenomenon? I mean, you said you've been studying it for a long time and I mean, do, do you think that they could come here from somewhere else and become more physical and then adapt to our environment, so to speak? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so my thoughts on that is I haven't been able to visually see uh, one disappear, literally disappear. Um, I've had them, I guess you could say, uh, duck real fast, uh, blend in real well. But because I, my research, I have to take into account um, things happen that I haven't seen, things exist that I don't know of and I may not believe in and may still exist. So you got to go into the world of averages, statistics, and uh, reports from history. Also, not from current, just current times. And if there is a constant repeat of these reports and stories from people from different countries, even uh, and other individuals that just don't know each other, uh, reporting the same phenomena, I I can't say that it's not possible. It's very possible because we don't know the full capability of these beings. We just don't. You know, uh, until we can talk to one and have one sit down with us and let us know for sure. I, I, I just, I keep the, the door open for you never know. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. What about how fast they move? I mean, I remember we had talked the other night and you were talking about how quickly they move that it's almost like it defies logic. Well, you, you gotta think, um, their their strength is is ridiculous. Um, they can uproot trees. Um, they are able to flip over caterpillar construction vehicles. Uh, you know they knocked over some dozers. Uh, they can throw fifty gallon drums of oil like a football. Um, they've they, they picked up people's cars before, and they have been known to be able to run faster than horses you know and horses can run pretty damn fast i've heard reports of bigfoots uh running alongside of cars uh 60 or 70 miles per hour 
Um, so they're, they're, they're super, super, like, they're just like superhumans. They're like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> like, literally, they're, they're Incredible Hulks. And you can only imagine if they have the same, uh, cognitive ability as like chimpanzees, um, it's endless. They, they can, they will be able to literally, uh, understand and take in, in a blink of an eye, all the information around them which makes them able to react faster and uh, move faster. So imagine a, a super chimp that, you know, that's 10 feet tall, but 10 times the strength of a, you know, the gorilla, uh, it should be able to move like lightning compared to us. And for us, it, it would look uh, magical. I think to see, you know, the blur just blurs because they're there's, it's amazing the stuff that they can do. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and the same thing is attributed to Dogman. Like I've gotten reports of Dogman do, doing the same thing, like just abnormal strength, speed. You know, doing all these things that you just would think that are are just beyond the realm of. Obviously, it's beyond the realm of human capability, but you know, it, it and it just defies logic. And and I've had skeptics tell me that too. There was a a, a person who is a UFO researcher. I, I like the guy. He's my friend. He's cool. You know, we're not best friends or anything, but he thinks that these things are extraterrestrial. He thinks Dogman and Bigfoot are all extraterrestrial, which I don't really subscribe to. Um, I don't really know what they are exactly, but I don't think that that's what they are. But he thinks that they come from different planets and they're part of some sort of federation or whatever, loose confederation of of, of alien species. Um, but when you when you start breaking it down and talking about how the world that they come from um is 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 like he believes the opposite like i believe they come from an ethereal world and they 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 adapt to our world and they just become just strong because of the bodies that they take on well he believes that that they actually come from a world that's more dense you know like it's 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 higher gravity level and all this other stuff which i don't really subscribe to but he says that they are – it's food for thought. He says that they are superhuman. They come here. That's why they can leap the way they can. They can run the way they can because they're not bound by the strictures that they are from their home world that has a stronger gravity, a stronger gravity and has stronger um, – like like the atmosphere is, 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 you know, not as thick, all this other stuff. I don't know. That that's just his opinion and and but I've heard a few people espouse that and they just absolutely refuse to believe that these things are um th that they're all part of the same thing, you know what I mean? But they just they think that it's all different stuff and it's and if you see more than one thing in your life it's either a coincidence or you're lying and that's that's just the end of it. And I just can't I just can't believe that. And so maybe Maybe that's correct. Maybe that is true. Let's say for argument's sake that they do, they're able to, like, let's say that, that one of us were to go to another world where it's almost like, have you seen that movie? What's his name from Mars? John something from Mars. I forget where he could jump. John Carter. John Carter of Mars. Yeah. And he could jump really high because the gravity there wasn't as strong and all that. Maybe let's say for argument's sake, that's true. <clears throat> that's, that's, that is correct. But, I mean, what? How do you explain like the differences in a dogman and a Bigfoot? But yet they can both do the same thing. Like, right. how do you explain that? Like, there's, you know, 
I mean, and then there's these in-betweeners, as I call them, like Gugwies and, and Genosqua. You know, they're like, they have snouts. Some of them have short snouts and straight legs. Some of them have backward bent legs with flat faces. And you're just like, dude, there's this whole weird, you know, type of, <clears throat> there's just a whole bunch of them, a whole bunch of different types. Like, and that's the next question for you. Uh, you know, let me ask you a question, Jesus. With, 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 when you were out camping, with this friend of yours and he didn't believe you. And then he saw this Bigfoot. What did that, just this focus on that one. What did that particular creature look like? The one that was with the aliens? Well, there was two, two of them, uh, peeking in at the same time in the tent. Uh, the interesting thing is that they looked very different. The Bigfoots, they didn't look like each other. Um, the one on the left, had a a lot smaller nose, more I would say would be closer to. I guess it sounds kind of funny, but like Michael Jackson and the gorilla, mix them together, you know. But late Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, the little pointy nose, but you know, make it a little beefier and add some uh, nostrils. And then the other one had a very normal looking nose hooded, you know, nose, um, completely different noses, different facial structure. Even the one on the left, um, had, it was very cheekbony, big old square jaw. The one on the right, it was, that was the one that was making funny faces at, uh, my friend. Uh, yeah, it had more of a, a slightly more slender face, but a wider nose, but bigger nose, like, you know, it wasn't a flat nose. It was a bigger nose. Um, yeah, and that one had more, it looked like more hair on the face than the other one. And, um, yeah, all the Bigfoots I've ever seen, none of them look alike. Uh, beyond, like, they all have very distinct looks. I, like, if there was, you know, a group of them, I wouldn't just say, hey, they all look the same. You know, their body maybe, you know, the hair situation, but they all had very distinct faces like humans, different, you know, faces, really distinct. You know, Barton, he had experiences, um, you, you know, he's writing his book about the Spotsville monster and, uh-huh. and you know, Barton, what you, you could probably tell Jesus what you, what you encountered. There were two different types, but you were saying right. they were distinctly I guess what what I'm saying is it sounded like you were saying there were almost two different species. Yeah, there definitely was. There was one the uh the typical Bigfoot type, which is, looks like a, a mix between a gorilla and a man, you know, huge, hairy, eight foot tall. And then we had the other type, which was seen by the neighbor down the road actually stepping out of what he called portals on three different occasions where uh long shaggy hair, sl- uh, short muzzle with long fangs and long uh, talons or claws. So definitely two different types occupying the same space at the same time and working together. And we just had Martin Groves uh, come out and tell his story Mm -hmm. from down Tennessee. And he actually saw two two different types of humanoids working together, uh, just like the Spotsville, like in 1975. There was a dog man and a uh, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And they were do- that was distinctly a dog man and Bigfoot. Sorry, Barton, but that distinctly, was distinctly. Yes, yeah. yes. 
And then Martin, you 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 had talked to me one night when we were going over your case, your story, um, before you had it was the pre interview before you had come on the show and did the discussion with me, whatever interview discussion, whatever. But you you had told me, um, I think it was me and Nelly that were on the phone with you and we were going over the details of what you had seen. And you said that this this the second creature kind of looked like a dog man. But it it, it didn't have without the yeah without the ears which I thought was really right. weird because one of the the most prominent things about Dogman which anytime somebody tells me they saw a Dogman and I kind of got into it with this one guy because he kept trying to tell me um, and he started arguing with this guy this guy that I used to be on I used to go on his show all the time the host of that show he started off arguing with him and then the guy came to me because that the the show host of that other show wouldn't accept what he was saying and so i thought well maybe he's being hard on him i'll listen to this guy um what he described to me and to that show host was like something that looked like a giant lemur with a prehensile tail and i was just like dude that doesn't sound like a dog man at all and the ears were wrong too. And then he goes, "Well, not everybody's dogman is going to look like yours because dogman is, you know, there's it's a, there's a wide range of these creatures." But I told him, I said, "The thing that makes a dogman a dogman to me is that it has dog-like ears." I mean, that's the thing. I, I've I've rarely have got I've heard very few reports of this dogman like with this the kind of droopy ears. But I don't know right. what I don't even know if that's a dog man. I don't know what that is. And I told this guy that, and he goes, "Well, you're full of blah blah blah." And he went off on me, and then he started attacking us in the comments section constantly. And I was just like, "All right, well, I'm not going to put up with this," you know. And this guy said that you know we made fun of him when I and and, and the, the guy's interview is on my show. It was Vic Cundiff. Okay, he came on my show. Um, yeah. and and the, he was mad. The, the guy was mad at, at me and Vic both because. He said we were mocking him, which I guess we kind of laughed about it because he was trying to convince us that this lemur or whatever it was he had seen was a dog man, but he was literally describing a lemur to both of us. And I was like, right. what do you expect, dude? Because I, I didn't doubt. This guy was so fervent in what he saw. I don't doubt that he did see something. I just didn't believe it was a dog man. And he was right. so angry about that. But like Barton, you know, you saw something that looked kind of like a dog man, but it didn't have the ears. And that was one of the, to me, that's one of the things that I use as classification. People don't always yep. come to me and tell me that, oh, I saw a Bigfoot, I saw a dog man. They'll tell me I saw this hairy creature that, you know, if they're uninitiated and they've never been listened to, you know, people like us talk or, you know, they, they, they don't know what they're looking at. They're just like, I just saw a big hairy creature, you know, and it just looked... Um, like this guy, he gave me a description of what I'm convinced was the Haskell Rascal uh, right up here in Texas. I used to live in Haskell as a kid. There were legends of that. And so when my friend Mickey told me, hey, there's this guy, my uncle knows him, you know, hey, you know, you should interview this dude because he lived in Stanford. And I said, okay, you know, the Stanford, Lake Stanford. And this guy starts describing to me this creature that had a, that had part of its mouth that looked like it was torn and you could see all of its teeth, like there was, it had like a wound or something. And it had a short muzzle, and he, it started swimming towards them at Lake Stanford. Now, I had a chance to talk to Lyle Blackburn, and he is convinced, like I am, that the Haskell Rascal is some sort of short-snouted dogman. Um, that's the thing. You know, like I get that that that, that sounded like a dogman. But the, the guy that gave me this story, he didn't know what the hell it was. He didn't say, I saw a Bigfoot. 
He didn't say, I saw a right. dog, man. He said, I saw this shaggy, hairy creature walk into the shallows, get on all, you know, down on all fours and then begin to dog paddle towards us. And it mm-hmm. was, it was a terrifying incident for him and his friend. Um, but neither one of them told me, yeah, I saw a Bigfoot, this, this Bigfoot or this Sasquatch. They didn't never say that. He just said this thing, this creature, you know, this entity. And and they didn't know what it was, you know, but th- that's the thing. I mean, like you, you get these, these, uh, reports, um, and they just kind of run together. Like what you saw, it sounds like, it sounds almost like, uh, and Jesus, what you saw, it sounds like you saw two different types of Bigfoot with a reptilian yeah. gray. Now reptilian gray is a thing too. Um, yeah. there's this weird, like hybrid type of, of gray that's reptilian. I just talked on my show on Tuesday about reptilian vampires, um, vampiric reptilians, whatever you want to call them. But th- there's a whole plethora of stuff out there, man. And there is a type of species that this reptilian gray, which kind of shows up sometimes in these alien abduction scenarios. And I honestly believe that the reason that you saw what you saw with your friend was, had something to do with your alien abduction. And I think that you're able to communicate because once you uh, encounter something like this, you're kind of marked, you know what I mean? Like they know and, and that you can see them. You have the ojo, you know, you have the eye, you know, and you are able to, uh, you know, you're able to, to, I don't know. It's kind of like you, you can see them and even others, when others are around you, they're able to see them. But I, I believe that they can stay hidden from people that they choose not to show themselves to. So like, say your friend goes back out there 99% of the time, if he's not with you, he's not going to see that. He's never going to see that again. He he saw it because he was with you. Do you see what I'm saying? It's an interesting example of what you're saying too. And another thing is, like, I people will tell me, hey, talk, let's talk about, you know, the, the, the aliens. Let's talk about the this. And I have to warn them, like, hey, dude, usually if I talk about it for a, over an hour and thinking about memories and thinking about them, I usually, something usually happens later that night. Either I see them, uh, they come get me, or I'll see a UFO, you know, but for sure that night. And uh, so one day... Uh, my sister and my mom, they're taking a trip to Albuquerque and they're passing through, uh, Carrizozo where you hit White Sands Missile Range. And they get to witness, along with like five other uh, cars, uh, they all get to witness, uh, a UFO being chased by some F-22s across the sky. And it's, you know, it's daytime. And so they make a report. To move on, uh, and to say please, and because uh, all the cars pulled over <laughs> to watch, you know? oh, man. so uh, they sent a move on investigator. He interviews my, my mom and my sister, and he was just like really, you know, excited about the incident because so many people saw it. And then my sister was a cop, and you know, all that stuff. So, uh, my sister tells him, Man, if you think this was interesting. You need to talk to my brother. This <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing compared to all the stuff he sees. And uh, so he calls me up and he says he wants to interview me, you know. And I go meet up with him, and he and he we do a four hour interview. And I get to the part where 
uh, uh, I told him if I talk about them too much, I'll end up seeing something. You know, something will happen. But th and for whatever reason, that's where he drew the line. You know, and was like, uh, okay, so you just talk about them and they, they didn't show up, right? You know, and this, he, was, he was a really old guy. Uh, his name was D. Greg. And, uh, real cool old, old dude. He was at least in his seventies when he interviewed me. And he was like, well, I guess that'll, that'll conclude our interview. You know, he was, like I said, he was really interested until that point. It said that. And, uh, so we leave, he leaves and I head home and I'm driving, driving home and I'm with uh, my mom. And we're driving to the our property, and that's when uh, we're driving down the road. And my mom goes, "Oh, you see that orange light?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, "That's like that's like the ones you know me and your sister saw that was getting chased by like, the jets." And she goes, uh, "But there was two the one when we saw it, you know." And as soon as she said that, that one orange it was like a peach shaped oval on its side. It turned to two. And I was like, oh, crap. Then it turned to three. And then I call, I got on the phone and I called up uh, the, the investigator guy. He gave me his number. And uh, his wife answers and she was like, hello. And I was like, I was like, I need to speak to D. Greg. Can I please speak to D. Greg? And she was all, well, honey, uh, old D, he's real tired. He's had a long day. He's sitting down relaxing and uh, doesn't really want to talk, you know, to anybody right now. And I was all, ma'am, it's a UFO emergency. And she's like, oh my, D. Greg, get over here. It's a UFO emergency. And he runs over to, well, he walks over to the phone, gets on the phone. And he's like, what's going on? I go, it's happening right now, man. They're right there in front of me. There's four of them now. Now they turn to six. It, they went, they multiplied in a straight line until there was 12 of them. And, uh, he goes, are you taking pictures? I was like, I'm like, no, I'm on the damn phone with you, man. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so then they all disappeared. And uh, he was like, well, he was, I was very exciting, but if you didn't take pictures, I can't really <laughs> help you, you know? And I was like, well, I, go, I just thought you'd want to know. I go, I told you that when I talk about them, stuff happens. And uh, I didn't hear from him for a couple weeks, right? And then one day he calls me up. Uh, well, let me backtrack just a little bit. So after our, our meeting, the next day, I get a phone call from uh, Bigelow Aerospace. You ever heard of that thing? Is mm, anything to do with Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, it's in the same world. So uh, Bigelow, uh, he, he used to own motels. He bought the, the Skinwalker Ranch, right? Yeah, so this is before that, though. This is way before that. Oh, okay. And I get uh, this guy. His name is uh, uh, oh, Carol. Oh, damn it. Yeah, his last name was Carol. He said he was an uh, investigator for uh, Bigelow Aerospace. And Guy Carroll, there you go. You can look it up on LinkedIn. It's still on there, I bet you. <laughs> it says he worked He worked there at one point. Now he like he used to drive buses or something for Chicago, in Chicago. But Guy Carroll, okay? So... Um, he calls him, he's like, yeah, this guy came up to speak to Jesus. And I was like, this is him. And he was, uh, 
Yeah, I was, we were just wondering down here um, if the next time that they, they get taken by them, uh, if you could try to look at their compulsion, their propulsion department, and take a good look at it, and when you get when they drop you back off, try to, to sketch it, and if you can't, email it to us. And I'm thinking somebody's messing with me. You know what I mean? It's like, what the hell is this? I I had never heard of Bigelow Aerospace. And it's like, I hadn't even told nobody yet except for the MUFON guy about my abductions, you know, besides my mom and stuff. <coughs> and uh, so I thought it was a joke. And I was like, okay, buddy, you know, you have a good day now. I'll let you all know if that happens. And I hung up. So I jump online and I'm like, this has got to be a joke. So I type in Big Little Aerospace and I'm like, oh, wow, they have a pretty elaborate fake website. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, huh. And I'm looking there. I was like, wow, they have lots of sections. And wow, they have contact info for their office. Okay. Well, it must be fake. Uh, they, they really went all out. So I called the number, and this lady answered. And she was like, hello, big loud space. And I was like, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm calling to, could you connect me with Guy Carroll? You know, expecting her to go, oh, sorry, sir. No, there's no Guy Carroll here, right? You know, and then I'd be like, yay, it was fake. I got pranked. And she goes, one moment, please. And she puts me on hold and some music comes on. Click, hello, Guy Carroll, how can I help you? And I was like, hey, it's, uh, it's hey, Zeus. Just talked to you a little while ago. His old, you got something for us? And I was like, no, no. I was, I was just wondering um, if you guys had any hypnotists by chance out there. Because uh, I have a whole bunch of missing time you guys might be interested in. He's like, no, no, just scientists here. No hypnotists. He's like, let us know if you hear anything or see anything. I was like, okay, you take care now. All right? So then, now let's jump forward two weeks. UFO, uh, I already saw the UFOs, all that happened. And uh, D. Greg calls me up and he says, uh, I believe you. I go, he says, I believe you. I believe everything you said now. I was like, what, that, what, so you're saying you didn't believe me or what? You know, what the hell? And, he, and I was like, why do you believe me all of a sudden now? He goes, well, he was on the other side of the mountain. He saw those uh, UFOs that day you called me while it was happening. He was, in Las Cruces, a woman saw the same thing, and uh, she reported it to MUFON and described the exact same thing that you described, but from the other side of the mountain. And we, we've, lo we've looked pretty deep into it, and we're pretty sure you guys have no idea who each other are. And it was the exact same day. He was the time, everything. He was, uh, I believe you. It was, can I put your story in my, my book? And he put my, my abductions in his book. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and that is cool. But that is also, I guess, part and parcel. That, that is the problem, part, art, part of it, too. I mean, is that people want to, they want to get your alien abduction stories in their book. They want to get your Bigfoot stories in their book. They don't want to get the whole, you know, they're not going to go into the whole enchilada. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. The book was about UFOs. It was just about UFOs, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was about was the UFO abductions and uh, 
different uh, categories of, of extraterrestrials. Yeah, and and did did they did they go into the Bigfoot sightings at all? No, no, no. no. See, did, and did they go into the Bigfoot sighting where you saw the two different Bigfoots with the alien creature? Oh, that 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 happened. The 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 MUFON thing. Mm-hmm. I'd say that about a seven year gap between that happening. The Bigfoot thing happened in 2017, and uh. Uh, that other thing was like in 2010 with the MUFON investigator so it was a while back okay folks so that's going to do it for this episode Uh, tune in to the next episode where I return with my guests and with Barton Nunley and thank you for listening to PRT don't forget to like and subscribe Good night. Mm -hmm.